Hello, and thank you for tuning in. I'm Casey Rossi, a business and certified mindset coach. Over the weekend, I attended Tony Robbins and Dean Gracioso's The World Summit. This was a three-day virtual event that was jam-packed with inspiration and education. Today, I'm going to share with you the 10 top things that I learned from the World Summit. So let's dive in. The very first one, customer delight. So they did a phenomenal job shocking and delighting and just providing surprises for us that we were not expecting. Before the event even took off, I received a goodie box in the mail, a tangible present. I love presents. I don't know about you, but it really made me feel special. And in that, there was a beautiful, glossy workbook that had so many cool things. There was areas for you to write your notes in. There were testimonials from previous students. There was a lineup of the keynote speakers. It just got you really pumped up and ready for the event. There was also a beautiful journal, which is a really nice journal. There was a pen. There was a water bottle. There were really fun little emoji paddles. So you knew that you were going to have an awesome time. So they set the stage. You could tell this was not going to be a regular event, but it was actually an up-leveled, enhanced experience. And that client delight or customer delight is something that you can infuse in your business right now. That is the reason why I curated all of these tips, not to show you what I learned, but to share my learnings with you So you could think about how you can incorporate each one of these in your business so you can start to see momentum, excitement, and some really great results. So the second one is share your story. Share your story. So we know that storytelling has been around for ages. And it's not only how we learn, It's how we learn the best. So we learn and we remember once we get involved in someone's story. This is important on so many levels. Not only do we learn that success is not a linear process, and so understanding the origin of these people that we're following, because many times we can look at experts and masters and gurus and all of the big dogs and think that it's easy for them, or maybe they got it served to them, or maybe it was who they knew. And in so many cases, that is not the case. And so I want you to remember to include your origin story. I often forget to do this. I've been an entrepreneur for 29 years, and I rarely talk about the struggles and the earlier times. So this was a really great learning lesson and reminder for me because we know that we get much more involved in someone when we see their humble beginnings, when we see all the perseverance and layers and struggles that they've had to go to and through to get where they are today. So remember to share your story. They did this all throughout the weekend. Every single solitary speaker that they had talked about their story, talked about their struggles, talked about the solutions that they came up with and how they got to where they were. It drew us in. There wasn't a dry eye in the audience. Many of these stories were so moving and 
some of them were really dramatic. You know, one of the, the persons lived in a bathroom with their father for nine months or eight months. There were car accident stories. There were so many trials and tribulations starting from childhood all the way through the layers of what it takes to be a successful business owner, a successful icon. So remember to share your story. Don't let it just be a ta-da moment of your perfection when you have your book published or when you have your website launched or when you've built your first online course. Keep your audience in the process with you. Share those step-by-step layers so they can cheer you on and they will be your forever fans because they will have seen all the behind the scenes of what it took to get there. Number three, movement equals momentum. Movement equals momentum. So they are the masters at pumping up the volume and bringing in um, co-hosts that um, just kind of warmed up the audience put the music on, got you to move your body, got you to get into what Tony calls your peak state and what Dean calls playing full out, got you to shake your paddles. In fact, my boyfriend watched me. uh, He was doing some work one of the days and saw me through the window. And later that evening, he said, well, I was looking in the window and I was I saw you shake your paddles. Like, what was that about? And I heard other people saying, I have been singing and dancing so much, I'm scaring my dogs, right? So bringing that energy up and they know and they teach that physiology is so intimately connected to our energy and getting in that peak state is gonna make you feel better. It's gonna make you connect to that energy within you That is unstoppable. I know for myself that after three days of singing and dancing and moving around and getting fully engaged, I felt so much better come Monday morning. I felt better each and every day, right? Because it ignites something. So number three was movement equals momentum. Because as solopreneurs, we know that if we have momentum, It will bring heat, it will bring engagement, and it will build upon the layers. Layer upon layer will build on each other until we cross the finish line. We have to be engaged, we have to move our body, we have to feel that energy. The cool thing is, we can circulate that and cultivate it for free. Maybe you take some time over the weekend and put together a playlist of high vibe music. So at any time, you can change your state, you can get into peak performance, you can start playing full out, and you get to control this, right? It is free, it is at your fingertips, and it's something that if you start to feel like you're slipping down or you're going into that stuck state or you're feeling almost in despair or isolated, you can change your state. You can move your body to move the energy and create momentum so then you can start taking baby steps and create new micro habits and new neural pathways in your brain. The fourth one is encourage engagement. Encourage engagement. So they did this in a variety of different ways. They asked you to contribute your thoughts, your questions, your ideas, your aha moments in the Zoom room chat. Right, So they were encouraging all along the way. They would encourage you, if they wanted you to to give a thumbs up, they would encourage you, give us a thumbs up. Or if you did something good, they would say high fives, virtual high fives, just building that excitement. 
encouraging engagement, encouraging you to head to their Facebook page or encouraging you to share with the people in your group. This is so very important for you to even think about whether you have a Facebook group. Are you encouraging engagement with your fans, with the people that are in your group? And if not, how can you do that in a better, more optimal way? Also, you can think about, are you engaging? So when you look at your social media and say you get um, a, a message or a note from someone on Instagram, are you taking the time to engage with them, to go back to their feed and share some love and give some hearts or send them a DM or even do a little audio clip in Facebook Messenger or an Instagram DM? It's a great opportunity to build those know, like, and trust factors and to establish relationships and connection because in the end, that's what marketing is all about is connection and building relationships and establishing that trusting foundation. So number four is encouraging engagement. Number five is make it personal. Number five is make it personal. So I'll share a little behind the scenes story. I am generally a multitasker. I like to get a couple things done at the same time. I'm a big believer of net time, no extra time. So you probably do this and you don't even know it. You're probably listening to a podcast while you're working out or you're driving to the store. And part of me was like, how the heck am I gonna sit for nine or 10 hours, three days in a row, for this event and do like nothing else but stay focused and present. That sounds almost impossible. So in my mind, I was like, oh, well, I'll just make some recipes, I'll meal prep, you know, I can knock out some emails, maybe I can start programming um, some social media posts and later. So this is what I was thinking. And when I say number five is make it personal, is you did not feel like you were one in 9,000. And they did this, um, by calling you out by name. That in fact, at one point, Tony had said, oh, so-and-so in room, blah, blah, blah. Let's sit up. Let's improve the posture. Like, how are you gonna run a business with success if you're slouching, right? So you really felt like you were gonna be seen. And on the same token, he would give props to people like, hey, you know, Mary Jo in room 14, I love your energy. I love that you're there with your daughter. Yes, yes, yes. So you really felt that through the spotlights where they would like make a screen bigger of one person that was like just really into it or giving a share on a one-on-one coaching, you felt like it was extremely personal. You did not feel like one in 9,000. So definitely for you, for a takeaway for your audience, make sure that you're being as personal as possible, that you're connecting, that you're calling out your people by name, and that they can truly feel seen and heard. Number six, create intimacy. Create intimacy. So as you've heard, some of the days there was seven, eight, nine thousand attendees. And part of that feeling like, oh, maybe I could have my camera off and do other things. Well, Not really, because one, they encourage you to play full out. Two, they encourage you to have your video camera on. So we really felt like this was as much of a 360 experience where you were as much 
or as close as possible to an in-person event, that it wasn't just another standard Zoom meeting. And the creating intimacy was done so thoughtfully because out of that 9,000 pool, they broke it down into little pods. And so you had a group and every group was assigned their own like team leader, so to speak, that managed the comments, their own Zoom chat room, and their own private Facebook group. The cool part was that you were in the same group each day. So that built intimacy. You were excited to see the same familiar faces and peer into their living room. Some people were in their cars. Like you could peer into their life and you really felt connected and you could chat with them individually and you can connect with them after in the Facebook group. And no doubt established even long-term friendships by this sense of intimacy. And so I think our group was around 270 to 280 is what the number that I tended to see the most in the bottom of the chats. So you can tell that they put a lot of thought behind this to make it not like you were going to get lost, like you were just one in the thousands. Also, when they had breakout groups, you were able to break out in a small group of three or four of those people in your little mini pod. So again, it established intimacy. I want you to ask yourself for your own business, do you have an area that is a safe space that feels sacred, that can establish intimacy between you and your tribe and also between the tribe members? If the answer is no, you might want to consider doing a simple and free Facebook group, right? Because When things are smaller, we can feel more vulnerable. We can lay down the mask. We can really get to the heart of things. And like Brene Brown says, we all want a sense of belonging. One way that we can really feel like we belong is also to share our vulnerabilities, right? So this ties in the story, the storytelling aspect and the other tip, like having that safe space to really open up and talk about our life and our struggles and where we want to go We need a safe space, and in order to do that, we have to create intimacy. Okay, number seven is measure progress. Measure progress. So as we know that when we focus on something, it expands, and when we measure things, they grow. So this was so very cool. When there was a new learning, they would ask you, where are you now? Where do you need or what do you still need to learn? And they gave you an opportunity to just allow your mind to think about what do you need as an in-between? Where is the gap? And we measured this all throughout the weekend. After every key learning, there was like breakthrough moments and they kept track for us in a mastery map that we could download and really reflect And I've never seen this done in another event, both in person and online. And I don't know about you, but I've attended a lot of different seminars and workshops and masterclasses, and you can take a journal full of notes. And then Monday comes and that journal gets filed and other stuff gets piled on it and mail gets piled on it and everything else. And a lot of times those learnings just kind of go by the wayside. One of the things about measuring our progress in the moment, in that peak state, was it allowed the opportunity for us to like reflect and step by step by step, ask ourselves, what have I learned? What do I still need to learn? And what's my end goal? 
And that also programs our reticular activating system, our RAS. So when we start to program our mind to filter out, to solve that problem, or to answer the question of what that gap is, it sets us up for success. And it's also a really cool thing that you can just put it all in front of you, take a look at your map, and then from there, make your little micro tasks and your big goals based on what you still need. Is it a mindset issue? Is it a skill set issue? Is it a support issue? And then you can really answer those needs and go from there. Number eight, pull and pivot. This is actually, I think, one of my favorite tips, pull and pivot. I love this because I am not a cookie cutter person. I may have a framework in my business coaching, but when we work together, we go deep under the hood and everything from that point on is personalized and customized. One of the cool things that they did in this event is they were pulling, right? They were pulling nonstop because there was a dashboard and there was questionnaires after every keynote speaker. And there were, it was kind of like a place for you to dump your ideas and to put like thoughts and to put like, what are you still missing or what do you still need? And this is my hunch, but I think I'm right that they had market researchers behind the scene culling the data and shifting accordingly. In fact, in one of the um, speeches from Dean, he had said that they put in a surprise speaker, which was Bari Bumgardner, and she's typically someone that's behind the scenes helping people run and manage high-ticket events. So she was actually on staff helping them with this World Summit, and she came on and spoke, and actually she was one of my favorites. I thought she was amazing. But that came out of... And this is my hunch, but I bet you that that came out of them looking over the data of the day, calling all of the objections, right? Because at one point they were pitching one of their programs for the year. And one of the things in the dashboard that they were pulling their audience was basically, if you had a stumbling block keeping you from saying yes, what would it be? And I'm thinking that they collected all of that data and they pivoted. This is the cool thing. Data without action is just good reading. So for you to pull your audience, it could be a survey monkey. It could be a Google Forms. It could be a type forms. It could be a pull on Instagram story. The point is talk to your clients and customers and see where they are and where they want to go. Don't create content in a vacuum, but make it a dialogue. Create the product, the course, the signature coaching program, based on the information that you're getting from your students or your potential clients. And that's exactly what they did here. And Bari gave an amazing um, speech about the anatomy of an enrollment call and also attended to how to overcome objections. So this was so cool because it was a dual purpose. Not only were they answering the call, of how do we get more people to enroll? Well, we need to overcome objections, but they were also making it a teaching point. So it did not feel like a hard sell and it didn't feel cheesy or sleazy. Now, some people may think, gosh, that seems a little bit manipulative, right? 
But it is absolutely not. They're big into teaching sales as service philosophy, which is what I subscribe to as well. And it really boils down to what does my potential client need and how do I help solve that problem? And in order to do that, sometimes we have to uncover the thinking and the mental gremlins that are gonna keep them from moving forward. Because when someone is presented an opportunity to up-level, to grow their business, to get support, to hire a coach, the same thinking that has kept them stuck is the same exact thinking that is making the decision to enroll or not to enroll. So we really need to understand how to navigate this, how to help them, how not to be afraid to have the hard conversations. So this pull and pivot is so very important in your business as an entrepreneur. Put those surveys out, gather the information from your ideal target audience, your dream clients, And if you need to pivot, which many times you will, then pivot based on what your audience needs. Create the course that is going to help them go from where they are to where they want to go. Create the coaching package that's going to speak explicitly to their struggle, and you know that you have the transformation. Create whatever the thing is that your audience has said, I'm struggling with this. This is my roadblock. I really wish I could have this, but I need this to get there. Create the thing that's going to help them. Number nine, success leaves clues. I love this one too. Success leaves cues and clues. And the thing about this, it's so very cool. Like I love to look for patterns. I don't know if there was anyone else at the event that actually was kind of looking behind what we were being presented for, looking for like a structure, a framework, or an anatomy, but that's how my brain works. I like to break it down. I like to see where the repetitious patterns are coming in, and it's this whole aspect that success leaves clues. And this is the interesting thing. Whether you are writing a sales page, or you're creating an event that thousands of people are going to come to, the structure is the same. The framework is the same. The anatomy is the same. That is the cool part. Let me break it down so you understand where I'm coming from. The beginning is really all about the story. It's about sharing and connecting. It's about coming from an empathetic and humble place, really Allowing the reader, the viewer, the attendee to understand that you understand where they're coming from, that you can relate to their rainy destination. That's their point A. That's where they are right now. The next spot, the next stage of this structure is then start to illuminate the sunny destination, the possibilities, right? The, the, the light bulb moments, the shift, the transformation. And then you're going to move into talking about your product or service or course as a solution, as that bridge, as that gap filler from point A to point B. You're going to sprinkle in some features and benefits so the logical mind can understand that it's a step-by-step process and that you're going to get X, Y, and Z in this. And then, of course, we know that social proof is so very important, especially in this crowded, flooded online marketplace. 
So you're gonna have some testimonials in there. You're gonna have some case studies. You're gonna have a selection of various people because this was broadcast worldwide with over 100 different countries being represented. So what do you think? In those testimonials, you're gonna get a widespread of single moms, of men, of women, of all different ages and ethnic backgrounds talking that they went from here to hear because of this product and service. So you wanna have those testimonials. You're gonna have frequently asked questions, your FAQ section, super popular on a sales page, also super popular when you're looking at it, mirroring what a live event when done with success and ease looks like. So you're gonna bring in some one-on-one coaching sessions and, and live moments and talk about some FAQs, bring in a team member to Field those questions in chat. Some of the lunchtime breakout sessions, if you had a question, you could go in and ask them. So the FAQ section of this anatomy is also your opportunity to address those objections, those very popular sales objections of time, money, I have to talk to my spouse, and fear of self-doubt or I'm not good enough. Those are the top, top um, objections. And then you wrap it all up with a call to action. Enroll now, buy now, sign up for my new program. So number nine of success leaving clues is that you do not have to reinvent the wheel. That this anatomy, this structure, this framework, it works whether you're doing a sales page or letter or you're doing a massive live event with some of the great masterminds on the planet. And the beauty is that they did it so seamlessly and with such grace that I would probably venture to guess that nine out of 10 people were not following this as a step-by-step sales page. Sage Levine also mimicked this structure in her event that I attended in Santa Cruz, California a year or two ago. And I noticed the pattern there, and I noticed it again here, and the psychology is that it works, that there's a psychology behind this structure that you can swipe for your next sales page or event. Number 10, decide in state. Decide in state. So... Remember we talked about how they pumped up the music and they got you to wave your paddles, right? And they got you inspired. They got you wet in the eyes from the success stories and the origin stories and the before and afters, the case studies, the testimonials. Like you are in state, you are in flow. And if you've done any sales at all, you know that it's very important to get your yeses when the person is in state, because what happens, right? What happens? You know, for example, when you go looking for a brand new car and you go on the lot and you get invested and you make a little connection with your salesperson, you're there a good couple of hours test driving things out, getting all the details. And if you don't decide right then, what happens? Some of the heat dies down, some of the urgency disappears and you get back into your life and it's like, well, I'll do that tomorrow. And then tomorrow may or may not come. And this is the exact same thing when we're trying to do something that's going to up-level us, that we're looking for different results than we've had. There's a lot of emotions that go on. And so this decide in state 
is important for a lot of different reasons. You feel supported. There is an energy of excitement and a can-do attitude because remember, we're making our decisions based on the same thinking process that has got us to where we are right now. And if we want something new, we have to do something different. So for you, if you do enrollment calls, it's really great to be able to have an open and loving, definitely not a hard sell situation, but an open and loving opportunity to help the person through this decision-making process while they're right there with you. While they've spent an hour on your strategy session or on your discovery call, when they've been in your vibe, when they've already had some aha moments, when they're already starting to feel better, when they're getting clarity, when they're starting to build confidence because of your support, that is absolutely when you want to help them make the decision to invest in themselves. So number 10 is help people make decisions while they are in state. My friends, I hope my top 10 things that I learned from Tony Robbins and Dean Gracioso, Brendan Bouchard, um, there were so many amazing people, Trent Shelton, we had Pete Vargas, we had Jamie Kern Lima, we had amazing, great minds all throughout the weekend. I hope that you got something from the 10 things. I learned a lot more than 10 things, but I wanted to nutshell it in a way that you could look at the structure peel back the layers and see it through my eyes when I was analyzing the step-by-step-by-step procedure of what makes a successful person, a successful event, and success in general. We can replicate this, my friends, as ambitious solopreneurs. Let me know which one is your favorite that you're going to take action on today. I can't wait to continue to share with you. I will see you next week, and until then, breathe joy. Breathe joy.